Hi, I'm Adam Sanford. I'm an academic life coach and professor in Los Angeles. And I'm Dinur Bloom. I'm a college professor in Los Angeles. And this is Learning Made Easier, a podcast where we discuss how we learn and how we teach and how they overlap. Welcome back to Learning Made Easier. This is episode 105, How Sleep Affects Learning. Many students put off sleep to do other things that may seem more important, and they do it over and over. We've all had that late night cramming session at least once, but what actually happens to your ability to learn and retain information when you're not getting enough sleep compared to when you actually do get your full eight hours of shut-eye? For starters, we need to differentiate between being tired and not having enough sleep. They're sometimes seen as the same thing, but for what we're going to talk about here, being tired means you're tired because you've done some activity like a workout. Not having enough sleep means exactly that. You did not get eight hours of sleep. Now that can also mean you might've been in bed for nine hours, but you only slept for five or six because your sleep kept getting interrupted. You kept waking up for whatever reason. So this can happen with people who have various disorders like sleep apnea or depression or people who just live where it's noisy or people who have to sleep during the day, which goes completely against our circadian rhythms. And we're talking about like night shift work. So when we talk about tired in this episode, we're talking about physical tiredness. And when we say sleepy, we mean you did not get enough sleep. How does sleep affect our learning process? According to Harvard University, there are three main functions for learning and memory, acquisition, consolidation, and recall. Acquisition is when we first get a look at something new, a recorded lecture or a textbook reading, for example. Consolidation is when our memory becomes stable. That is, when it gets set into memory and we can access and use it. Finally, Recall is what happens when we actually start trying to get at the memories, bring them back into our consciousness, and use or work with them. The thing is, these three things don't all happen while we're awake. Consolidation happens while we're asleep, and often while we're dreaming, as our brain makes deeper and stronger connections between neurons. And then there's also different kinds of memory. There's declarative memory, which is fact-based stuff, like what's the capital of New York State, or what did you have for breakfast yesterday? Then there's procedural memory, which is how to do things, how to drive a car, or how to play a sport, or how to play the guitar. Finally, there's episodic memory, which is the memory of events in our lives, like your first home run or your first kiss. And for learning purposes, we're going to focus on declarative and procedural memory because you're not likely to get an exam question about your first kiss. To make this even more complicated, which stage of sleep we're in is related to the consolidation of different kinds of memories. Most people have heard of REM or rapid eye movement sleep, but we also have several non-REM phases. When we sleep, we start out with non-REM sleep. There are three stages of non-REM sleep before we get into REM sleep the kind we have when we're dreaming. During NREM phase one, which lasts about five to 10 minutes, our eyes are closed, but it's really easy to wake us up. During NREM phase two, we're in light sleep. 
This is when our hearts slow down and our body temperatures drop. This lasts about 10 to 25 minutes. Finally, in NREM phase three, we get into deep sleep. It's harder to wake up at this point, and if we're forced awake, we're going to feel disoriented and groggy for a while, usually five to 10 minutes. That's partly because NREM phase three sleep is when our bodies are repairing themselves, regrowing tissue and building bone and muscle. NREM phase three is also called the slow wave phase of sleep. After that, then we get into REM sleep. And you usually get into REM sleep around 90 minutes after you fall asleep. And the first time you get REM sleep, it lasts maybe 10 minutes. Then you go back into non-REM sleep for a while, the slow wave sleep again, and then into REM again, and we cycle back and forth. REM is when we dream. And during REM sleep, our heart rates speed up and our breathing gets faster. And each REM stage is a little longer than the previous ones. And the last cycle of REM sleep can often last up to an hour, at least if we're getting enough sleep. The longer we sleep, the more REM sleep we get. Researchers now feel that REM sleep, or the kind of sleep we have when we're dreaming, is important to consolidate declarative memories, especially if the information is emotionally charged or more complex. It's also important in getting procedural memories to consolidate and stick. Slow wave sleep, which is the deep sleep we have when we're not dreaming, also seems to be important for processing and consolidating new information. And it also seems to set up your brain for good learning the next day. So if you're pulling an all-nighter, you won't be able to learn effectively the next morning. So if we're getting eight or so hours of sleep, our brain is consolidating our memories well, and we'll be able to retrieve them when we wake up. All of this is good for learning. What happens when we don't get enough sleep? When we're sleepy? At least four things, none of them good. Not getting enough sleep makes it less likely we'll remember stuff because we didn't get the chance to consolidate our memories. It also makes it less likely we'll be able to recall what we learned. And that's just one problem. Another issue is we also have trouble focusing if we haven't had enough sleep. That late night cram session at 2 a.m. <laughs> turns out not to help you on the test much at 2 p.m. the next day because your brain didn't have enough time to consolidate what you were trying to learn. And now you're too sleepy to focus on what you need to remember. Even worse, not having enough sleep also means you're more likely to make mistakes because your judgment is impaired. One study found that people who hadn't had enough sleep, they weren't only more likely to make mistakes, but more likely to think they were right when they weren't. Imagine taking a test, believing your answers were right and being unable to detect that they're not. That's not good for your academic progress. Finally, not having had enough sleep means your executive function or your ability to organize and plan goes out the window. Why does this happen? Several studies have shown that when we don't sleep enough, our neurons, the parts of the brain that store our memories, become overworked. They don't have enough downtime, so they aren't rested, and they don't work properly. As the Sleep Foundation puts it, poor sleep detracts from effective thinking. So then how do you get more sleep? I hear you asking this. Well, several articles on the web have good suggestions, so we're going to just pass them right on here. The first thing is go to bed and wake up at the same times every night. And yes, that means having a bedtime. Adults have to have them too. It also means not sleeping in. If you've set your body to sleep and wake at the same times every night and every morning, you'll be better rested and you'll remember more and more easily, which means learning will be less difficult. Second, get regular exercise. 
but don't work out near bedtime. If your bedtime is 10 p.m., you should be done exercising by 7 p.m. Leave at least three hours between the end of your workout and the time you go to bed. In the same way, try to be done eating at least two hours before you hit the sack. Third, avoid caffeine, nicotine, and alcohol. Caffeine and nicotine are stimulants, and alcohol causes disruptions in the sleep cycle because of the liver needing to metabolize it and the enzymes the liver needs to use in order to do that. Alcohol may make you feel sleepy, but it does not help you get restful sleep, which is what you need if you're going to have learning and memory working. Fourth, make your sleeping room cool and dark. Cooler temperatures make it easier to get into deeper sleep. That's why your body temperature drops when you hit the second phase of non-REM sleep. Darkness also helps. Fifth, avoid screens for at least an hour before bed, including your ebooks and your phones. And don't use computers or TVs in your sleeping room at all. Make that room for sleep and sex only, not for other activities. For some people, white noise machines, like rain or ocean waves, or even just having a fan on low, can help you doze off too. They block other small noises that might make it harder to sleep. Look on your app store to find sleep apps for your phone for some help here. Now, when it comes to our experiences with this issue, I freely admit I often don't get enough sleep. And part of it is that I'm on a different sleep schedule than my husband. He has to get up at like 5 o'clock in the morning to go to work. And I tend to wake up several times a night anyway because of a medical condition I have. So I try to make sure I go to bed earlier than I actually want to most nights. I won't claim I'm perfect at it, but I am trying to do better. I use an app called Sleep Cycle, which has various white noise sounds like rain or ocean waves. And that helps my brain unwind so I can get into deeper sleep. It's also scary to see someone who has not had enough sleep. I had a student once who was severely sleep deprived and they were relying on caffeinated sodas and energy drinks to power through. And they weren't able to keep up with the work and they eventually dropped the class. It was the first time I'd ever seen serious sleep deprivation in person. This student was trembling like they had Parkinson's. It was frankly quite scary. And it made me rethink my, oh, I can get by on four hours a night. No, actually you can't. Remember, even back when I was in high school, so this was when we hunted dinosaurs for food, not for fun. Uh, back before the earth cooled. <laughs> I remember I had classmates who were proud of how little sleep they got, and they wore it like a badge of honor, and that always seemed really, really strange to me. Now, that said, like Adam, I've definitely not gotten enough sleep, both as a student and as a teacher, and I'm not going to claim to be perfect on this. Now, part of that was out of necessity. I remember I was teaching a full course load, meaning I was teaching actually six classes across two different campuses, my last year of working on my dissertation. And that forced me to do a lot of my writing at night. I wrote a lot of my dissertation between 10 p.m. and 3 a.m., but I also had to teach the next day a lot of the time. And I remember I had one term where I finished teaching classes at one campus at nine at night. I would take the train home. I got home by about 11 or so. Then I had to teach at 7 a.m. the next day at a different school. And that scheduling was brutal. It was rough. And while I would try and nap on the train ride back, I know I wasn't especially sharp with my students at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. the day after. It's rough keeping that kind of schedule up for a prolonged period of time. And I remember after I finished defending the dissertation, I was falling asleep by nine o'clock for about three weeks, just trying to catch up on some badly, badly needed sleep. 
And now, to the extent that I can, I try and get more sleep. I don't always get it. Sometimes I'll have a late finish with one class and an early class the next morning, and I need time to wind my brain down and to be able to really get into that rest mode and out of work mode. I've learned to limit and to time when I drink caffeine. So if I need a little caffeine in the middle or the late afternoon, but I've got a morning class the day after and I need that sleep, I'll go with half caffeinated just so that I don't stay up as late as I would with the regular caffeine. And also now you're making me think we are both Angelinos here. Okay. Half calf, half double decaf <laughs> with a twist of lemon from LA story. So students, you may be wondering, well, how can I use this? Well, like everything else that we talk about in regards to student success on this podcast, making sure you get enough sleep is primarily about taking control of your time. And that may mean you've got to be really strict with yourself about bedtimes and waking times. Yes, just because you're an adult does not mean you get to skip bedtime now. Also, be aware, it takes up to a half hour to get into deep, slow-wave sleep. So just going to bed from 10 p.m. and getting up at 6 a.m., that doesn't mean you're actually getting eight hours of sleep. Try to give yourself eight and a half to nine hours between bedtime and wake time, if at all possible. The way teachers can use this is talk to your students about how important it is to get enough sleep and point them at this episode so they can hear the science behind it. Many people have to hit a wall before they realize that sleep is not optional or something they can continually reduce without consequences. But if you have the resources available, it may help your students get better sleep. And speaking of better sleep, make sure you're getting enough too. So that's what we have for you in episode 105. If you're finding this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. We're always hoping to get new subscribers so we can help more people. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Android. We're hosted on Blueberry.com. And also, we'd appreciate it if you wrote a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to join us next week for episode 106, when we'll talk about how to know when too much is too much. You've been listening to Learning Made Easier, a podcast about how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. We want to say thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon who make this podcast possible. If you want to support us, please go to www.patreon.com slash learningmadeeasier. We look forward to seeing you next week.